3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be telling you two stories again, because we found a couple of short stories. One is called Zombie Road in St. Louis, Missouri, and the other one is Huggin' Molly in Abbeville, Alabama. So we're going to start with Zombie Road, which is a pretty cool little place, which again adding it to the list of places that we'll probably never visit but we want to go to (laughs) yes so there are many stories associated with the old roadway nicknamed zombie road the road is a famous paved biking and hiking path known as lawler ford road located outside of st louis it's near the intersection of highway 109 and old state road it was originally built in the late 1860s to provide access to the merrimack and the railroad tracks along the river It started to be referred to as Zombie Road as early as the 1950s. The trail is 10 foot wide and paved. Nighttime visitors might be looking for spirits, but they're likely to find police who have written a lot of tickets for trespassing on the trails after hours. Once used by the army during the Civil War, Zombie Road is notoriously a strange place. It is available for use by pedestrians and bicyclists. When the road was used more frequently, the narrow, winding lane running around two miles through dense woods still had an eerie vibe. Strange shadows and areas of half-light together with the inability to see what was coming along, the next curve, and the narrow width made it a dangerous bit of road. Eventually, it fell into disrepair and was abandoned and mostly unused. The secluded location made the Lawler Ford Road a destination in the 1950s as a local hangout for area teenagers for parties, drinking, and making out. Today, most of, the, most of those who come to Zombie Road come for a different reason. Over the years, the road gained a reputation for being haunted. Based on the legends and stories, those with supernatural curiosities began to visit the area. It's located west of St. Louis. The road, also known as Al Foster Trail, which it's also called a different name, which we'll talk about later, is closed to access during night. This beautiful 2.3 mile trail opens one half an hour before sunrise and closes one half an hour after sunset. It's the site of one of the largest Native American burial mounds in the country. It was once merely gravel and dirt and was paved at some point years ago, but is now largely impassable by automobile. Legends that have been passed around for years tell of spectral American Indians and Confederate rebels, packs of child ghosts, and the tortured souls of working men killed in industrial accidents. It has quite a reputation as a place where shadowy figures and other non-human entities have long been reported. One popular story, and the reason for the name, is that of Zombie Killer, a creepy guy who lived in a shack in the woods when would attack young lovers looking for a place to be alone. As the years passed, the chilling stories continued, including ghosts, vanishings, and strange noises. One of the most spine-tingling may be the frequently retold story about the ghost of a person who was hit by a train and now haunts the area. This legend becomes more chilling with the real story of Della Hamilton McCullough. Mrs. McCullough was the wife of a local judge who was hit by a train and died in 1876. Since there are no other records of anyone being killed by a train in this area at that time, it is widely believed that Mrs. McCullough may just be the actual famed ghost from the legend. Which, that was, that's probably true. I mean, if, there's, if there was nobody else killed and that was on record, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. 
The area around Glencoe once served as a resort community until the mid-1940s. A lot of the houses were converted for the year-round residents, but some were left abandoned and decaying. These ruins contribute to the creepiness of the road and may be the former homes of apparitions that visitors encounter. Near the old shacks and ramshackle homes located along the beach area at the end of the trail, one ghost sighting includes that of a mysterious old woman who yells at passersby from a house. Upon investigation, the woman is never there. There was another story of sightings of a specter believed to be a ghost of a boy who fell from the bluffs along the river and died and whose body was never found. A long history of the original Indian tribes who once lived in the area also explain why sightings of Native American ghosts have been reported. In fact, it is possible that at least parts of Zombie Road originated as an Indian trail. In the late 1800s, train tracks had been extended along the river, passing through what would later be Glencoe. While only a few remnants of the original road remain, the old lines can be seen at the end of Zombie Road. Here lies the setting of the stories of the railroad ghosts. Now with the burial mounds, I know those are very haunted. Like, yes. So the fact that they had like tr- a trail around it or over it was probably really upsetting the spirits. Yeah, and so Indian burial and Native American burial mounds. Like that's you don't mess with those. Neither one of them. So we can only imagine just how haunted because I remember in it says, you know, Native American burial mounds in the country, American Indians and Confederate rebels, packs of child ghosts and the tortured souls of working men killed in industrial accidents. So, yeah, on top of, you know, the Indian burial grounds. Come on. You don't mess with any of that. So all of, all of the people, all of the kids, you know, that go there and it's like a makeout spot, whatever, you know, they're disturbing the peace. Yeah. For sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not like literally, but disturbing the peace of the souls that are there. But there's several accounts of a translucent figure in white that have been reported. The figure walks up the abandoned line and then disappears, or it glows with a bluish white light and disappears upon approach. Could this be Della McCullough? Besides the wandering spirit that is believed to be Della McCullough, it is possible that some of the other restless ghosts may be those of accident victims along the rail lines. Over the years, the sharp bends in the tracks at Glencoe were the site of frequent derailments, to the point that part of the service became discontinued. While unsettling feelings and the sensation of being watched that many reports could be explained away by the spooky surroundings alone, the eerie sounds and inexplicable noises and disembodied footsteps cannot completely be ignored. So how do you find Zombie Road? It is located in Wildwood, formerly Ellisville and Glencoe, and can be reached by taking Manchester Road out west of the city to Old State Road South, where you turn down Ridge Road to the Ridge Meadows Elementary School, you will find the road just to the left of the school. Although for years it was marked with a sign, today only a chained gate marks the entrance. Now paved and remade into a modern-day bike trail and jogging path, the notoriously popular two-mile stretch is now known simply as Rock Hollow Trail, which is where... So I don't know if it was called, um, what was it called before? Al Foster Trail? I don't know if it was called Al Foster Trail and then it was changed to Rock Hollow Trail. If anybody is in Missouri and listening to the story and knows, please let us know. Yes. (laughs) Because I have no idea. My resources for this uh, story was onlyinyourstate.com and dangerousroads.org. You can go look on either of those websites and see which fact or fiction of whatever the trail is called actually is called because we don't know. I found both. 
And I was like, I'm just going to put both of them in there because I don't know which is which. And hopefully we'll have a listener in Missouri and you can tell us because we don't know. So (laughs) now on to our second story, which is very short, very short. One page. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is Huggin' Molly in Abbeville, Alabama. And honestly, before we get into it, I would like to say that this probably, I mean, probably it would scare me as a kid, but I would also probably be thankful if I was a parent, I definitely would be thankful and I definitely would be scaring my children with it because <laughs> you better be home. We'll just uh, read a little bit about the origins and the legend itself and how Huggin' Molly appears and how she came to be. That's pretty much all we got because this story, this story is short and to the point. Yes, very short. So mothers who wanted their children to hurry home at dark would tell their children of a legend, the legend of Hug and Molly. The origins of the legend are unclear, but it has become quite the unique story of a town called Abbeville, Alabama. It's said to have been passed down for many generations. Legend claims a phantom woman or witch-like woman would appear to children who weren't home by dark. Hug and Molly, as they called her, would hug these children tightly and scream in their ears. Although Huggin' Molly is never said to harm the children, the most damage that is said to be done would be the ringing left behind in the child's ear after the piercing scream. That would terrify me as a kid. (laughs) And story. Alone. (laughs) Like, just alone. Someone's gonna hug me and scream in my ear? First off, I don't want a hug from a stranger. (laughs) I would go home. I'm telling you that right now. I would go home. (laughs) Now, Huggin' Molly's appearance would be described as a woman who stood seven feet tall and engulfed in dark clothing with a wide-brimmed hat. So quite freaky. And there's uh, multiple multiple versions of how Hugging Molly came to be. One states that Molly was the ghost of a woman who had lost her infant and had dealt with the pain by hugging local children. Another states that Molly was a professor at the Southwest Alabama Agriculture School and that she was trying to keep students safe by keeping them off the streets at night. I could believe either one of those stories, honestly. Either one of the legends, because... Yeah. and you didn't put it in there, but there's a Hugging Molly restaurant. Yes, I did not put it in there. Oh, my gosh. There is a Hugging Molly restaurant now. Um, they named it literally after this legend. I don't recall what they have there. You it's know like what? a diner. It is a diner. It's a 1950s-style diner. Here, I'll look it up real quick on my phone so we can see what they have. Because it, it's Alabama, and I don't really trust their food choices down there. The uh, Hug and Molly's Restaurant, in case you are down in Abbeville, Alabama, it is on 129 Kirkland Street. In case you want to go and eat there. It is, they're frozen in the 50s, so it is a 50s-style restaurant. So just classic 50s diner's food. Yeah, and they... milkshakes, floats, burgers, and dogs. And I didn't put this in here either, but on the Hug and Molly's website, they actually have a little bit more of the legend of Hug and Molly, so I can read a little bit of that if you want. Jimmy Rain, an Abbeville native and lifelong resident, grew up hearing the legend of Hug and Molly. For him and his friends, she was as real as the trees that rustled in the wind at night. Anybody who grew up in Abbeville grew up knowing the legend of Hug and Molly, Jimmy says. If your mother or dad didn't want you to be out after dark, they'd tell you Hug and Molly would get you, and you believed it. One night, Jimmy and his good friend Tommy Murphy heard the story from Tommy's dad. 
He told them he knew Huggin' Molly was real because she had sprung from the shadows and hugged him one night. They were convinced it had to be true. To this day, hearts beat faster and the moon rises in the sky over Abbeville. Huggin' Molly, dressed in all black, could show up at any time. There's a little bit more of a legend on their website. I did find that. I just wasn't able to put it in the story at first. So, yeah. But yeah, there is a restaurant. I gave you the address if you want to go check it out and tell us how it is. Because Alabama is too hot for me to go down right now. Was that where the Sloss Furnaces was? The Sloss Furnaces was in Birmingham. Alabama. Alabama, yes. So, two for one special. Two for one special. Let's see how far away Abbeville and Birmingham is. Because I do not know. So, we can... Why are there so many Abbevilles? <laughs> Alabama, let's see. Directions... Okay, so Abbeville is seven hours and 20 minutes from us. Let's see. Can you see Birmingham on the map? I'm going to put it in. So you said seven hours? Seven and seven hours and change. That's not bad. I could handle That's that. three hours and 10 minutes apart, Abbeville and um, Birmingham. All right. But I mean, hey, that's a day trip if you wanted to go. And maybe an overnight trip. Also, not that anybody knows who my stepdad is, and that's fine, but he's from Dothan, Alabama, and he... And, and Dothan looks like it is not that far from Abbeville. But I'm letting you know right now, I've been to Dothan, Alabama. It's very small. So. <laughs> so you've been near this and didn't even realize. I know. So that's that's cool. I think, you know, I, I like this story. It's it's very short and to the point. But it's a cool legend. And. Yeah, it's like um, La Urena. Would kinda. I. La, yeah. Would I want to encounter it? No. Would I use it to scare my children? Yes. yes. Shoot. Well, up here in North Carolina, we would. Hugging Molly's gonna get you. <laughs> they don't need to know that it's in Alabama. She'll come all the way from Alabama <laughs> to get you. Yes. <laughs> My resource for this story was AminoApps.com. Just to let you guys know. So you can go to any of the websites that I state and look up anything from what I've read. Look up anything about the stories. That is it, though. So those be yeah. a shorter episode for you guys. So quick little tidbit. Yep. So I hope you enjoyed the stories today. That's it for today. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to today's story. Don't forget you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3amtalesofterror.com. That's three, the number three, not the word. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. Just scroll all the way to the bottom under contact us. You'll find the links to all of our social media. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And we hope you were terrified. terrified.